Hey everybody, my name is Michael Gruber and this is the Endure Podcast. Today we're starting a new series called Be Prepared for Battle. It'll be a multi-part series and today's first episode is called Preparation Begins in the Mind. In this podcast, we'll take a little time to talk about why I believe preparation begins in the mind and why it's so important. We'll talk about some verses in Peter, then we'll look at uh, a personal example of mine, and we'll talk about some sports uh, analogies and why I think there's definitely a connection between that physical and that spiritual preparation. I want to look at David and his life, and then talk about Paul and some of his hardships, Then we'll close it up just focusing on who we are in Christ, our identity, and how that brings us victory. You're listening to the Endure Podcast. Thanks for joining us today in our pursuit of victory in life through Jesus Christ. All right, everybody, welcome back. Let's go ahead and just jump right in. All right, so the idea of preparation for battle, being prepared. Why does preparation begin in the mind? As I said before, I believe this is twofold. It is very, very important, and we have to acknowledge and be prepared for spiritual attacks. And these attacks can look, look a different, lot of different ways. Right? And so I believe a lot of the times these spiritual attacks come against us in the forms of thoughts, feelings, emotions, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment jealousy, anger, right? These are ways that I believe the enemy pushes us and presses us as believers. So we have to be prepared. That way we know when we start seeing these things happen, when we start feeling these thoughts, these emotions, you can recognize them and and fight back. And then second, it's important that we recognize and understand who we are in Christ, that we have to know our our identity. We have to know that we are victorious in Christ. That when you flip to the end of the book, the Bible, you know how it ends, right? And so as long as we're believers and as long as we stay in the faith and we're pressing into the things of God, we're going to be victorious. So I just want to encourage you in that. So let's go ahead and look at a couple verses in Peter, and then I'd like to come back in and talk more about that spiritual battle, that, that aspect there. All right, so in 1 Peter 4, chapter 4, verse 12, and this is going to be from the New King James. Peter says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. So in layman's terms, I think it's pretty simple. He's writing to believers and saying, hey, don't be surprised if something happens to you. Don't be surprised if you're walking through the fire, if you're going through a difficult time. Again, this is just part of our lives as believers is that there's an enemy out there and he wants to take us out. John 10.10, Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I think that's an important verse there from Jesus because he's saying, here's, here's the, the nature of the enemy. Here's what his, as we say in the military, here's, here's his duty description, steal, kill, and destroy. And then if we look at First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 8, Peter says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So when we look at these two verses here, 
what Jesus says about the enemy. He's a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then later on, Peter relates him to uh, the enemy, to being a lion, a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It's a very vivid, it's a very real um, just depiction of, of our lives as believers. And so that goes back into my first point, that we have to acknowledge that we're in a battle. We have to acknowledge that we're in a, a spiritual war. So that way, when these things come upon us, when Peter says, when these fiery trials come upon you, that you won't be surprised. It won't be, you know, you won't be looking around thinking, man, what's going on? Why is this happening? What, what is this? All right. So if we go, I'd like to take a, a little break here and move into the sports realm, the sports arena, if you will. There's a lot of things that I really love about sports. I grew up playing sports as a kid, um, all different kinds of sports, football, baseball. Uh, I wrestled as I got a little bit older. I was on the swim team. And there's a lot that you can learn from sports. And this has been reinforced to me now as a dad uh, with two boys in sports right now, 10 and 7, uh, and it's just really, it's just really fun to watch them, and it's really fun to watch them compete. Uh, and I think the one thing that I learned through competing in in college um, uh, wrestling is, you know, going to that next level. The the vital importance of having the right mindset, the right mentality when it comes to competition. And I say this. <laughs> to point out the fact that I did not have the right mentality in college, right? So this is kind of me looking back on not so much, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, but if if there's anything I learned from uh, competing at the Division One level, it's, man, your mindset is, is everything. Uh, and that's something that I didn't have. So I'm trying to teach this and instill it in my children uh, without, you know, being the overbearing dad who who tries to, uh, you know, live my, relive my glory days through my, through my children. That's not the case, or at least I hope that's not the case, right? But so when we look at sports and we talk about sports, I see it as if we want to be successful in sports, we must learn how to process and how to compartmentalize things like pain, fear, anxiety, doubt, failure, you know, failure is a, is a big one. You have to learn how to compartmentalize that because if you don't, it will immobilize us. It will immobilize you and it will cause us to quit before or even in the midst of your event, in the, in the midst of your competition or, or in your battle. You know, just yesterday I was watching the high school um, tournament for, for wrestling and it was really fun to watch these kids again get into those close matches where it's coming down to the wire and they got a score to win or not get scored on to, to win. And I keep pointing out to my boys, like this is where these kids are digging deep because you're, you're exhausted. You're, you're just, the pain is through the roof. Uh, your body is screaming at you, but you know, you got to produce if you want to win. And it's, uh, it, it was fun to watch. So if I just take a minute here, and just walk through a quick example of my own personal life. And I will too go back to my, my high school uh, glory days, if you will. But it's really to illustrate a point, right? And so to keep the, the story uh, short and sweet, uh, as a junior in high school, I, I was in the state semifinals for wrestling. And I drew a kid that I knew that I could beat. Uh, I had actually beaten him the year before as a sophomore for third place. 
but uh, this year he was favored to win. He was a year older than me, and, and he was tough, right? So I went into the semifinals match in the morning, uh, Saturday morning, and, and I beat him. I was prepared mentally. I had a chip on my shoulder because people were talking about how good he was. Uh, and I went out there and, and I took it to him, right? And so I, that was important, the mentality part. I went out there knowing I could win. I had a game plan and I executed. Fast forward uh, a few hours, maybe a handful of hours, and the state finals are that night, Saturday night. Uh, and so in a lot of ways, looking back, uh, I think my mentality was, was wrong in the finals. The fact that I, I think subconsciously felt like, hey, I, I basically was going to win a state championship because I beat the kid that was the supposed best kid in the bracket. And this kid that I drew in the finals uh, wasn't very good. And I was in for a rude awakening because I lost. Uh, I lost because I believe I went in with the wrong mindset. I wasn't prepared to battle. So as soon as I hit a little bit of adversity in that match, as soon as the kids scored on me, uh, I, I started doubting myself. I wasn't able to compartmentalize that, those feelings of, in that instance, I think it was doubt. It was fear. You know, how is this kid scoring on me? I'm supposed to be better than him. And, and I fell apart and I lost. And so in my mind, if that's the case, right, if in the sporting event, uh, excuse me, in the sporting arena, right, competing, competition, whether it's wrestling, whether it's baseball, football, um, I, I just am big on the individual sports in terms of really having to learn how to compartmentalize these things because I, I love team sports as well. But, you know, you're out on the field in football and you've got, uh, I think it's, you know, you've got multiple guys out there. Uh, 10 other guys out there with you um, when you're playing soccer or baseball. It's a team sport, but in individual sports like cross country, like wrestling or swimming, it's, it's you and that burden is on your shoulders. So in that, in that environment, how much more does this apply in the spiritual in my mind, right? So in the physical, if we have to be prepared and have our mind right and ready, how much more do we need to be prepared for battle in the spiritual so when we hop on over to Psalm 140, verse 7, we take a look at David and his life. And David was a, was a mighty warrior, right? He was the king. He was, he was a man after God's own heart. And he, he took it to his enemies on behalf of his God and his nation, the, the Israelites. And so David was quite the warrior. And that was a big part of his life, right? When he came onto the scene as a young man, uh, he went up against the giant. He went, went up against Goliath when no one else would, and he, he killed him. He took him out, and he conquered him. And so as he became king, and, and throughout his, his reign, uh, his life was full, of, was full of war, full of battle uh, against the, um, some really bitter enemies. And so if anything, I think David is somebody that we can acknowledge and say, yeah, he knew what it meant to be a warrior, capital W, right? A warrior for the Lord, a guy who was going out, taking it to the enemy. And so in Psalm 140, verse 7, David says, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. And so I just love that right there. He says, you have covered my head in the day of battle. And I think we could look at, look at that a couple ways, but one of them today is just the idea of covering the head, right? One that offers protection, physical protection, because if you get hit in the head with a, with a sword or with a, 
um, an arrow or in Goliath's case, if you get hit in the head with a rock, a stone from a sling, it's going to take you out and you're probably going to be, um, be killed. Right. So I think there's the physical protection aspect of the Lord covering his head. And then I think there's also, you know, you could look at it from a from a mental aspect, from a spiritual aspect, protecting his head, helping him have his mind right going into battle every day. One of the great things that you see in David's life is how many times he seeks the Lord and goes after the Lord for uh, for victory. Right. He prays to the Lord. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to attack? Am I supposed to wait? Am I supposed to come around, you know, the back end? Am I, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to pursue the enemy? Uh, and, and David's life is one of just complete reliance on God. Now, granted, he wasn't perfect. And those who know his story knows that he made uh, some really egregious errors, some, some, some sins. But but that doesn't negate the fact that David was a man that was after God's own heart. David was a man of faith. David was a man that fully sought the Lord in all things. And so taking it back to the idea of preparation begins in the mind, having the right mindset and the attitude and the outlook, David is one that we can take great, great encouragement in. He's a guy that that knew the Lord, knew the Lord's strength, the strength of his salvation, and somebody that he leaned on heavily to uh, to produce victories on behalf of of his people. All right, so we hop on over to Timothy here, and this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, writing to his his protege, his disciple Timothy, and Paul also a great man of God. When you read through his writings in the New Testament, Paul was fearless in taking the gospel and sharing it throughout the world. He was a man who was on a mission. He knew what God had called him to do, and he was willing to pay any price to do that. Paul writes, I believe it's in Philippians, when he talks about his uh, hardships. He was beaten. He was jailed and, and imprisoned. He was stoned, dragged out of a city and left for dead. He was shipwrecked. Um, he was persecuted, right? Everywhere he went, he encountered opposition. And I believe that opposition was in direct, um, you know, was a, was a direct result for him sharing the gospel. And, you know, and so when you look at his life and everything that he did, um, it was, it was immense. And so Paul says in second Timothy chapter two, verse three, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So he's telling his mentor or mentee, I guess, his protege, he's saying, hey, you need to be prepared to endure hardship for our Lord Jesus Christ. That you should not expect to be able to walk throughout this life without encountering some kind of opposition. Enduring hardship, you must be willing to pay the price to share the gospel, to further the gospel. And that's one thing that I do want to just point out throughout these verses when I'm talking about, you know, enduring the hardship and, and at times the suffering on behalf of, um, of believers. I believe that is in, and again, in direct um, relation to sharing the gospel. Paul was persecuted for sharing the gospel. He suffered for sharing the gospel, right? Paul, he suffered for sharing the gospel, um, and I think that is a, an important um, delineation there. Okay, so the, the second part of this is uh, being prepared for battle in, in your mind, right, is 
is recognizing that we are victorious in Christ. And in a lot of ways, I think this is the more important aspect to realize, right? First, it's just the preparation. You recognize, you're ready, uh, you're not surprised, you're not caught off guard. But second is knowing that we already have won because we have Christ in us, right? John 16, Jesus says, um, In this world you will have tribulation, but do not fear. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Right? The other half of John 10.10, 10, where he says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says, but, you know, capital B in my mind, underlined, uh, italicized, however you want to call that out. He says, but I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So Christ came to give us that full, abundant, that victorious life. And it's important for us as believers to, to recognize that, to know who we are in Christ. Who, who are we? What is our identity? Well, in Christ, I believe that we are victorious. I believe that we are forgiven. I believe that we are redeemed. I believe that we are made whole. We have eternal life through him. And we have to see ourselves in that manner. We have to see ourselves as champions and overcomers for the gospel, right? That is our mental outlook that we have to internalize, something that has to be um, just deep within us. Let's go ahead and move on now to another verse that I want to talk about. 1 John 4, 4. Uh, John says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And again, this just gets to our identity and who we are in Christ. And then here, lastly, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 59, Paul writes, he says, thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's a handful of verses that should really hopefully just speak to you in, in your identity in Christ and the fact that we are, or at least can be victorious through him. And so as we tie all this together in terms of how do we, um, how do we be prepared for battle, it's, it's, you know, when, when the enemy is coming at you, right, whether that's you're on the, on the low, low of the low and you're trying to pull yourself out of the hole, right? And I've been there um, a few times where, man, you're, you're at the bottom. You know, before I got saved, I was at the bottom. And even since being a Christian, I've had a, a few opportunities and times where man, I, was, I was hurting, and whether you're on that end of the spectrum and you're trying to, to climb out, you're, you're, you're recommitting your, your reliance on God, you're getting back in the word, you're, you made the decision that, hey, I'm ready to, to, to take this thing to the next level, you got to be ready because the enemy is going to come at you and he's going to start assaulting your mind with thoughts, with feelings. He's going to assault you with emotions, right? And so for me, it's when I was trying to to find that victory, man, he comes at me hard with things like you're, you know, you're a loser, man. You're never gonna get out of this place. You are a failure, you know, you're this, you're that. And man, if you're not ready for it, it, it can cut you to the core. And so it's important now when these things come, when these these assaults come, that you you have your game plan, you have 
your, your verses, you have your fellowship, your friends that you are calling on to, to pray for you and to strengthen you and to lift you up. You know, hopefully you have a good relationship. If you're married, you have a good relationship with your spouse that you can lean on and, uh, and really encourage each other and lift each other up. Right. So when these thoughts and feelings come, you, you push back and you say, no, that's, that's bull crap. I'm not a loser. I'm not a failure. I may have made a mistake, but I'm not a failure. I am, I am forgiven. I am redeemed, right? I am a victor through Christ that because of Jesus Christ, I have victory in this life through, through Jesus. And that's, and that's huge. And that's something that you have to constantly remind yourself, right? You have to say, no, that's, that's a lie because I know in John 10, 10, that Jesus said that he came to give me that abundant life. He came to set me free, right? John 4, 4, 1 John 4, 4, he tells me that greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. So Jesus Christ has overcome the world. He has overcome sin. He has overcome death. And through that, we can have life. We can have victory. So that's on one end of the spectrum. And then even on the other end of the spectrum, you might be doing great things for God. You might be coming off a great exploit of, of, of seeing God move in your life or, or hopefully in the lives around you. And it, it, it makes me think about Elijah when he's up on Mount Carmel and he's doing, doing battle with, uh, with the prophets of Baal, right? And God did a great and mighty miracle there that God showed up and he, and he called down that Elijah called down that fire and, and burned up the sacrifices on the altar, Right, and this is after. Um, if I just back up real quick, Elijah's on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal, and he says, "Let's see whose God is real." You know, you guys go first. So they set up their altar and they prayed all day, and nothing happened. And then Elijah stepped up, and God rained down fire, um, showing the the prophets of Baal that that he was the one true God. Then Elijah went on to uh, to take them out, and then on top of that great victory. Uh, the Queen Jezebel sends a note to Elijah and says, I'm, I'm going to kill you uh, by tomorrow, I believe it was. And Elijah fell apart. And from there, he kind of, his ministry was, was more or less done after that point, right? And that's no knock on him, obviously. But, but you just look at it and realize, like, on the other end, the high end of the spectrum, you might be coming off a great victory for the Lord, but you have to be prepared, um, and, and I don't know what it is about, and it's happened to me as well. Like when you, you achieve these great things or you're really encouraged by what God's doing in your life and then bam, like here come those attacks. All right. So one last thing I want to address here as we, as we wrap up, um, and really I'd say maybe just another tactic that we, that we can be on the lookout for the enemy is that. I think one of his great lies is that he's going to tell you uh, nobody knows what you're going through, or he's going to try to keep you uh, in in isolation. Right? It's either nobody knows what you're going through, so no one can help you, or hey, man, if people knew what was going on in your life, you would be you know you would be outcast, you would be um, thrown to the wolves. So don't even bother reaching out for help, right? Both of those are lies. The first one, no one knows what you're going through. That's a lie. Because even if no one else on earth knew what you were going through, there is one person, one man uh, who does. And that was Jesus Christ when he came to this earth as a man, right? He laid down his deity. He set it aside. He came to this earth as a man and he walked a sinless life on our behalf. He endured temptation. 
from the enemy. He endured persecution. He endured all these things. And then when he went to the cross and he suffered a horrible death, he was tortured, he was murdered, he was crucified. Uh, and he hung up on there on that cross and he took these sins for us that he, he experienced everything on that cross that, that we've experienced. And he, and he held on to the end, right? He, he lived that sinless life and he died for us. And then he went down to hell and he conquered death and he rose again and gave us that victory. So even if nobody else truly knew what you were going through, you can go to Jesus Christ because he knows. That is why he had to come to earth. That's why he had to live this life as a man to set the example for us that we can look to. So if nothing else, go to the word, be encouraged in Christ and what he's done for you and find hope in that. And then the second part, trying to keep you in isolation, right? That is the nature of the enemy. That is part of his game is to isolate you, to 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 draw you out, to draw you in when you're trying to find uh, that victory, he's going to pull you back in. And I'm going to tell you, friends, isolating yourself is a terrible, terrible thing. And I've been there and I've experienced the, 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 the terrible nature of, of isolating yourself, right? I've been in that place where I felt like I was on an island and I didn't have anyone to help me. And, and that was a hard time, to say the least. Right? And so if you're drawn back, if you're isolating yourself, don't do it. You've got to reach out for help. You've got to ask somebody for help. You've got to go, whether it's your pastor, whether it's someone that you trust in the church, whether it's a friend, whoever it may be, right? you cannot isolate yourself. And oftentimes what the enemy is going to get you to do if, if you're isolating yourself because of something you've done or said or looked at or whatever it may be, He's going to cause you to draw internally so that you can't bring that sin, that lie to the light. Because when you bring that to the light and you expose it to the light, there's victory. When, when you shed light upon whatever it is, that is where the power is to be broken. But when you bury it, when you internalize it, when you push it down and refuse to, to talk about it or share it with anybody... Um, that's where the enemy is going to eat your lunch. And that's exactly what he wants you to do. He wants you to bury it, hold it inside so that he can just ravage you and take you out. So don't let him do that. Bring it to the light, expose it to the light, uh, engage in fellowship, right? So the three of the core principles here with Endure Ministries is faith, fellowship, and fortitude. And I think we kind of hit on all three of those today. It's faith in Jesus Christ. It's fellowship with a community of believers and it's fortitude to accomplish the things that Jesus has put on your heart to, to do for the kingdom. So I want to thank you for your time today. I look forward to uh, diving in more into this series. I think next time we meet, I want to talk about the joy of the Lord uh, and the joy of the Lord and why that's so important in our preparation for battle and for us walking out victory in this life. So be blessed, friends. Look forward to meeting with you again soon. Out here.